0: This is Undaunted Life, a man's podcast. I'm your host, Kyle Thompson. Let's get into it. All right, guys, there is a subject matter that we talk about a lot on this podcast. It just comes up. Anecdotally, it comes up because I can help make a point with it. But I talk about jujitsu all the time on this podcast, and there's a reason for it. And guys, we've talked about this a lot, and we've done whole episodes on it before. So if you go back to episode five, we're almost at episode 150, but to episode five of this podcast, it's called Six Months of Jujitsu. I kind of go through what it was like you know, starting my jujitsu journey being six months in, because you got to think guys, a lot of guys don't even get to six months. I mean, they go to a handful of classes here or there. They just figure out it's not for them or it's too hard or whatever, and they just don't make it. And that's not to pat myself on the back. That's just a reality. Most guys don't make it past white belt. It's just something that you you try it and then you kind of move on. Um, But also in episode 62 of this podcast, I talk about my experience gaining or earning my blue belt. And so that's a process for a lot of folks. They don't get to blue belt normally. But then the thing about blue belt is a lot of guys, if they get an upper belt, that's the one that they get. And then, you know, life gets in the way. And then maybe they never go to purple or brown or black or whatever the situation is there. But we talk about jujitsu a lot because jujitsu is just such an important thing for men, because it's one of the ways that you can cultivate physical and mental resilience and not really get brain damage. So we'll get more into kind of what it's like in terms of how it's important for your life. But the thing about it is, is for the last year or so, my jujitsu journey has, has been really, really strange and super interrupted. Okay. So I had two surgeries in a row. So let's go back to kind of middle of last year. I had back to back surgeries, right? And so I kind of planned them out. that way. So it was like, okay, when I'm, you know, done rehabbing, I'm done rehabbing, right? I can get right back into lifting, right back into jujitsu and, you know, not be done with it, but just kind of get back on, onto things. And so By the end of last year, I was starting to train regularly again, but then we hit, we're hit with COVID. And so, you know, February, March of this year, our gym shut down like most gyms or every gym on the planet. And, you know, everyone's trying to figure out what exactly we're going to do. So there wasn't really a way to train in a way that was normal, right? I got some stuff from BJJ Fanatics and I got uh, John Donaher had a train, train at home by yourself regiment and video that he gave away, which was awesome. And it's just, you know, you could kind of piecemeal some stuff together. And I knew about some kind of like underground uh, training sessions that were going on, but it was just one of those situations where it's like, yeah, you should probably just let your body recover. Just make sure you stay sharp mentally. And then pretty much right after everything started to open back up, you know, my wife and I had sweet baby James, right? And so when James is here, I'm not going to be one of those guys. That's like, all right, yeah, cool. I'm going to go ahead and uh, just leave. I know the baby's three days old and we just got home, but man, I got to go train. That's just not really the guy that I'm going to be. And then obviously I've detailed to you guys, before that he had a lot of health issues, some really, really scary health issues early on in the evenings, which is when I would normally train. That's whenever my wife was under the most amount of strain and stress with him and she needed the most amount of help. So I say all that to say that the last year or so I've lost the better part of the last year of training. And here's the thing about jujitsu is it's very, very different. It's very different than what you would expect because here, like you'll, you'll talk to people that are maybe they used to train for Ironmans, but it's like, oh, you know, I don't really train that much anymore. The big fundamental difference with jujitsu and something like Ironman, you know, running, you know, biking, swimming, that kind of stuff is you don't like forget how to do it. So let's say you used to train for Ironmans and so you could run a marathon, no problem. And now, you know, you can run 10 miles before you really start getting into a lot of pain or something like that. It's not like you forget how to run, right? I mean, you just, decide and you swing your arms and you, you step your feet and then, you know, you're off, you're running. Same thing with biking. You don't forget how to ride a bike. The thing with jujitsu though, is when you don't do it, you lose a lot of the mental sharpness that you need in order to be successful at jujitsu, whether you're just training in the room, uh, with, with your teammates or you're training to compete or whatever the situation is, that's, that's essentially a really tough thing for you to overcome when you're not training a lot. There's certain things that you don't see. There's are certain uh, moves that just aren't there in your brain or you're too slow. And by the time you think, oh, I should hit this, you know, your partner has already gone to another move and now you've got to like kind of reframe everything and try to get caught back up. That's the thing with jujitsu is when you lose that amount of time and then you get back on the mat. You know, you remember some things physically. Some things are literally like riding a bike. There's certain positions that you like to get to. There's certain things that you can do to certain types of people that have certain body types or, or athletic abilities, whatever that is. But at the end of the day, it's not the same. You're not as sharp. That's why when you have these guys that are world champion level people, this is what they do. They, They train multiple times a day and they're running drills and it's just constantly on their mind. But when you lose the better part of your training, you're just trying to get the wheels back on. You know, I told you guys I have a blue belt, but right now I feel, I feel like a seven stripe white belt, which for those of you guys that do jujitsu, you only get four stripes. If you didn't know that you get four stripes. So, you know, I just feel like I'm a super advanced white belt at this point. It's almost like the blue belt's embarrassing for me to have, Uh, but you know, I'll keep it. Don't worry. I'll keep working my way towards purple, but you know, it's not a great thing that you, you lose that amount of time, but. The thing is, is you have to get back out there. You have to get your training back going and whatever consistency you can get, that's what you should do. That's why I tell people all the time, like, Oh, I'm so busy. You know, I can't really do that. Well, there's a lot of schools that have 6am classes and middle of the day classes and evening classes. There's private classes, you know, mid morning, mid afternoon. There's a lot of schools that will kind of acquiesce to your schedule and what can work You know, right now with kind of my schedule and the things that, that I need to help with. It's right in the middle of the day the middle of the day is the best time for me to train. And so I'm hitting like some 11 o'clock classes and some noon classes and stuff like that. But, but anyway, this isn't just about that, but I've gotten back into training and there's certain things that you can keep up. You can keep your cardio up. You can keep your strength up, but you really got to get that mat time. Well, on Sunday of this uh, past week, well, you don't know when I'm recording this, but uh, about a week ago from the time that I'm recording this, uh, we do this thing with our Sunday night foxhole group. It's called bull in the ring. So when there's a huge thing happening in somebody's life, whether it's maybe they're about to have their first kid or a guy that's leaving town. We had a guy that, that moved to Mexico to become a missionary, or if it's your birthday, one thing that we do is you have to go a minute with every single Guy in the room. You have to roll. So basically, you start out on your feet, but after that first minute is up, the next guy just comes right into whatever position the previous guy was in. So if you let a guy take side control or take your back or mount or something like that, you're going to be stuck there. And you have to go a minute with everybody in the room without breaks. And so the thing about that is it's a tremendously difficult thing for you to do when you're the bull in the ring because these guys know they're only going 60 seconds, right? And so they're going full bore. And you got guys in that group that are really good fundamentally. And you got guys that aren't good fundamentally, but everyone's, you know, varying shapes and sizes and, and decent athletes. And, you know, it's just a hard night out. And so this last Sunday we, we celebrated my birthday and I think we had 14 or 15 guys that went, you know, one right after the other, right after the other. But it's funny when you walk into a situation like that, you know, I'm, uh, I've been training a whole lot more than a lot of those guys. I thought I was going to be able to, to handle myself a little bit better, but it was just one of those things. I was just a step behind, or I would get into a certain position and it's like, man, this is a, a little bit uncomfortable. I have no idea why I can't shimmy out. But again, that's just part of the process. It was a really, really fun night. Uh, got tapped uh, a bunch by some of my closest friends in the entire world. That's the thing. Whenever you're done, everybody claps, everybody gives you a big hug, and then we move on with training. So it was kind of a cool experience. But then fast forward four days. And then the situation wasn't nearly as positive. I'll put it that way. So on Thursday night, and I've I've done the Thursday night class for a long time at the Forge in Edmond, Oklahoma, but that's comp class. Okay, so that is where you get the hardest rounds of your week for the most part. This is where the people that are training to compete, whether they're doing these one-offs like Fight to Win or whether they're doing tournaments like AGF or or IBJJF or any of those types of tournaments... This is where you get that training in. This is where you get those hard rounds in with people that are just like you trying to compete. This is where you're going to get the closest to game day, right? But the thing is, is because of what I was telling you earlier, I had missed a lot of comm classes. Right. It's just, you know, I, I but th- that's the class I want to be at from the very, very beginning. I asked one of our, our buddies, uh, that trains a lot. I'm like, Hey, what's the hardest class of the week? He said, Thursday nights. I was like, cool, that's going to be the one that I go to. And so it's, it's ebbed and flow. There's been some huge classes, some small, some small classes, but it's typically a really, really tough night out. So right before comp class, I did the fundamentals class. So that's just a good one. It's a gi class. You know, you got everything from white belt to black belt in there. Everyone's just kind of sharpening the sword, doing the basics, but then it was no, uh, it was no gi comp class, right? And so for me, I'm way more comfortable in the gi now. I feel like I can slow people down. I can, uh, kind of get my grips and kind of work at myself into some different positions. Whereas no gi, you know, you don't have any of that. You can't grab on. It's just you. It's a whole lot more technique. Um, now you can explode out some stuff athletically, but it's a little bit different. But here's the thing about comp class. Typically, when you stop and look around, you can identify hammers and nails. And for those of you that grew up wrestling, you know exactly what I'm talking about. There are people in the room that are just hammers and they are in search of a nail and there are usually plenty of them. Here's the colossal difference about my Thursday, my last Thursday night comp class. I looked around the room and I only saw hammers. That's it. And I'm kind of looking to my left and to my right and I'm seeing the guys that are in there and I'm like, man, these are all really, really good guys. And then it occurred to me all at once. Oh, I'm the nail. I'm the nail tonight. Because here was the other unique thing about this particular comp class. It was a smaller class, but... All of the guys that were in there were at least my size, but most of them were bigger. And so guys, I'm five foot 10, 195 pounds. I'm a decent athlete. I'm decently strong. You know, I'm not too, I'm not huge, but I'm not small at the same time. There were two guys in the class that were about my size and everybody else was more like 215, 220 or bigger. And we were doing rounds you know, we we did a little bit of warm up technique and then we just did rounds and we were doing six minute rounds. And I think I did, it ended up being seven or eight, six minute rounds with 60 seconds rest in between. And guys, your boy got mauled for an hour. And when I say mauled, there are certain guys that are really good at jujitsu. And they're like, oh man, I got mauled, meaning that they had some tough matches and some guys got the better of them when I use the term mauled, I mean, I was helpless because you don't use the, the word, you know, uh, mauled when you're talking about a dog, like a dog attack necessarily. Like that's not something you like a dog doesn't normally maul an adult human, but like a grizzly bear, they maul you, right? You're completely helpless. It doesn't matter how many pushups you did that morning, how far you can run that grizzly's faster than you. He's stronger than you. And you're just going to be helpless. That was me last comp class. And to make matters worse, one of my, one of the few things that I, that I do pretty good in jiu-jitsu is takedowns. It's just something it's about aggression and timing and athleticism. And it's just like, that's something that I, I typically am comfortable doing. The problem was, is in this particular comp class, we didn't have the big fan on uh, above us. And so the mats were soaked with sweat. And so in jiu-jitsu, we don't have wrestling shoes on. So it's just your bare feet and you cannot explode off of your feet when the mats are wet like that. And so I started to do some of the things that I, I normally thought that I could do. And that was to shoot, but my feet would just slide right out from underneath me. And then I would end up in a front headlock, end up in a guillotine. And it's like, dang it. Like you're, you're kind of trying to work your way in your brain to figuring out, you know, what are the things that I can do to this person? And, and maybe how can I bet bait them to bring their, their leg closer. So I don't have to like shoot and, you know, slip inside or whatever the situation was, but guys, I'm not even fully convinced that if the mat was completely, completely pristine and and dry and I had grip on my feet or wrestling shoes or whatever, I don't know that it would have been fundamentally different because what ended up happening is round after round after round, I went with guys that were physically superior to me, mentally superior to me and could do whatever they wanted at any point, which is a horrible feeling when you're a guy like me. And a lot of you guys out there that even just made you, Ooh, it just kind of made you feel uncomfortable. Just hearing me describe that because part of the reason why I do jujitsu is so that I can't be controlled by somebody physically. Now the odds of you running into somebody on the street that is like one of my buddies that I trained with on Thursday is not very likely. These are all like Brown and black belt level, no-gi type guys, super technical, super strong. But I think around the fourth or fifth, uh, round in a row I start realizing that this is bad and it's only going to get worse and there's still time on the clock for this class. And I'm trying to figure out what, okay, so what's the game within the game? Because I can't win this match, right? You know, it's just training, but you're keeping score and you're in your head and you're trying to figure out kind of where you're at with this person. There's nothing, right? I, I, I didn't score as many points as guys got submissions on me, like just an absolute, complete mauling. And at different points, I just got to be honest with you. I'm like, what am I doing here? Exactly. Like I'm, I'm a punching bag for these guys. Cause you can tell when a guy's going really hard and he's having to put in a lot of effort, these guys weren't even having to do that. They were very calm and in control the entire time. They knew what I was about to do before I would do it. And they would take advantage and they would get the submission. Now, again, we're teammates, so these guys aren't trying to hurt you. But at the same time, it's like there's only so many times you can get your neck cranked on and your knee, you know, in a knee bar or an ankle lock or an arm lock to where you're just like, okay, this is this is getting diminishing levels of return for me. I'm only here potentially getting hurt. But you know what? You suck it up. You do the rest of the rounds. Then the night's over. You change your clothes. You slap hands with everybody. And then you walk out the door. But when I walked out the door that night, there was a a little internal dialogue that I had with myself in the 20 feet or so before I got to my truck. And it was, man, I feel like I've got two choices here now. Choice one, make that the final jujitsu practice of my life. Or choice number two, get back in there as quickly as possible and train again. And guys, this is not going to come as a supreme shock to most of you. I obviously immediately decided that the latter was the most appropriate thing to do. Because here's the thing, jujitsu is hard and it doesn't really get easier because jujitsu is a game that's constantly evolving. And so even black belts, even professor level black belts that can you know, promote other black belts, there's always something you don't know. There's always some pocket of the world where they're working on this specific technique that just changes everything. I mean, just guys, let me just take a slight divergence to MMA real quick. The low calf kick, you know, the the, the low calf kick in MMA, that is like a center point for a lot of fights now. Like you're basically taking the spring out of the person's lead leg. That has not been around for forever. The first guy I can remember doing that was Benson Henderson. And that was a long time ago. That was in his UFC days, not not even in Bellator. But that is something that has completely revolutionized a lot of fights, including championship fights, right? The same thing happens in jujitsu. You got, you know, the Donnaher death squad and you got Gordon Ryan figuring certain things out. And then you got Shanji and you got, you know, uh, you know, 10th planet and you, you got all these different groups and Atos and in these different schools that are just doing things in, in a unique way. Jujitsu is always evolving and expanding, but at some point you're going to have that internal dialogue with yourself. Like, is this worth it? Is it worth it to continue coming in here and to can you continue getting rolled up and beaten up by your friends? Is it worth it to, to spend 60 bucks or 70 bucks and, you know, put your name into the hat at a tournament just to go out there and get embarrassed in the first 60 seconds? Is it worth it? And guys, this is kind of the point of the podcast for today. It's going to be a little bit of a shorter episode, but jujitsu is like life in a lot of ways. And you know, you've heard people say that about a million different things. Oh, this is just like life or that is just like life. But jujitsu really is. Because when you come in on the first day, you will not be successful. Like this isn't an accidental sport. I mean, there, there are guys reasonably that have never swung a baseball bat in their life. And if I put them in a batting cage, put a helmet on them and put a bat in their hands, they might start being able to make pretty good contact at a certain point. Some people are just wired for that. Same thing if you want to use an MMA example and you've heard people talk about this, you know, Joe Rogan's talked about this a lot, but boxing, you can take a guy off the street that has never been taught how to punch, but we instinctively as humans know how to punch. So you, you'd be reasonable to assume that you could get that guy in a sparring match immediately with somebody and he could, he could certainly get lucky. He could punch where the guy's head is and you know, the guy doesn't move his head and he hits him in the right on the button and then he goes down. That doesn't happen in jujitsu you're not going to accidentally triangle somebody. You're not going to accidentally armbar somebody. You're not going to accidentally choke someone unconscious. Like th- these are just not things that happen when, when you're doing this. So when you get into jujitsu, you know, you are who you are athletically. You are who you are physically. You are who you are mentally. And you're a no stripe white belt. And some guys are, and gals, they, they ascend faster because either they train more or they get it Faster, or whatever the situation is there, but you have to start at the bottom. So, think about all the different scenarios in life that are just like that. You, know, you start at the bottom at a new job, right? And you think you're better than you are, but at the, at the same time, you come in there and you're like, man, these, these people really do know more than I do. I, I should probably just hush up and listen. You know, whenever you marry somebody and then you're the new guy in the family. I mean, if you come in and you're bombastic and and cocky at the first Thanksgiving dinner table, it's like, eh, I don't know that's the best thing for you. You should probably just hush up and learn the room, you know, learn what needs to happen. Jiu-jitsu is a whole lot like life, but in in the biggest way possible, jiu-jitsu is about taking care of your ego and then taking care of your mind. So the ego is something a little bit different because you might think ego and mind are very similar, but the ego is the big one. Because like I've told you before, we've got guys that come into our gym and they're athletic. You know, maybe they played, you know, college football or maybe they're, uh, you know, they're a gym rat and they're, they're just swolled out of their brain. And I mean, they're just physically imposing people. And then they come in and they do one jujitsu practice in the gi and they just get rolled up for an hour. And they haven't experienced that in a while. These are guys that have been superior athletes in whatever setting that they decided to join for basically their entire lives, at least for their, their recent past. And now all of a sudden it's like, Oh, I'm completely terrible at this. And there's not really much that I can do about it. And most guys don't like that. They're like, no, no, I think I'm gonna go play golf or I'm a thing. I'm going to go back to the gym. You know, I'm gonna, I'm gonna go pump some iron, do something that I'm used to, something that I'm good at. And even this morning in Sunday school, the the guy that taught her Sunday school class, most men are like that. they like to be on the Island by themselves doing the things that they can master. So they're not playing the new video game; they're playing the old one that they're really good at. They're not doing the new job; they're going to stick in the old job that they they kind of got some respect and they got a bunch of people that look up to them. They're not going to do the new sport or or the new physical activity because they're like, hey, I got these other ones dialed in. And basically, when a guy gets to that position, they stop developing. You know, I, I even mentioned this in Sunday school this morning. It's like, guys, you should always look back on who you were five years ago and be at least somewhat embarrassed at least somewhat. Because the thing is, is if you look back on who you were five years ago, so that would you know be the 29 year old version of myself. There were things that I said and did and thought and acted upon that are appalling to me now. Like what a moron. Why would you ever do that? Why would you think such a thing? But for most guys, you look back on who you were five years ago and you don't see very many fundamental differences. You have a few more, you know, wrinkles in your forehead and a few more gray hairs in your beard. But at the end of the day, you're the same guy, the same guy mentally, probably the same guy physically or worse. You should always look back and be a little bit embarrassed. But that's the thing about jujitsu is if you keep coming, pretty much the only option is getting better because You got caught in that triangle last week, but this week, you know, it's coming when he puts his foot in this spot on your hip and he puts his hand in this spot on your collar. You know what the next step is. So you can start to defend. Oh, but then, you know, he was going to do that, but now he's transitioned to the arm lock. Oh gosh. You know, he got you in an arm bar. Dang it. Well, now you're starting to piece some things together. And isn't that like life? You learn certain things as you go. That you couldn't have known up front. But now you are responsible to those things that you have learned because it's absurd for you to learn how to do things better and choose to do them the old way, which is not as good, or that led to failure. The same is true here. That's why you constantly put the reps in. And the the ego side of it, I think I I lost my point there for a little bit. You got the ego side, which is you're you're literally never gonna get to a spot. Where there's not somebody that can beat you, I mean, there's, there's, I can count on one hand the number of guys that aren't really concerned about being beaten in jujitsu, right? And I'm probably being generous using all five fingers, right? There's just guys that they're they're just untouchable, and then there's everybody else, the millions of other people that do jujitsu. But it is a constant ego trip because the moment you think, man, I'm stronger than I've ever been, my cardio is great, you have a night like I did on Thursday night, and you come right back down to where you should be. And the other side is mental. Because as I'm walking out of jujitsu on Thursday night, feeling the way that I feel, and I mean, physically, right? Not, not like emotionally, but feeling physically like I felt. Neck was sore, body was sore. I'm like, I'm going to be paying for this for, for a few days. You have that mental battle. And that's your biggest opportunity to cultivate mental resilience. Because it's so easy to cultivate mental resilience when you're doing things that you're good at as we just talked about that you know, the, the guy on the island by himself, you know, you're used to being that guy at work. You're used to being that guy on the intramural basketball team. You're used to being that guy in the Sunday school class. that's always saying the really cool quotes or whatever, whatever your situation is, but it's when you step outside of that, that's when you grow. That's when you can actually break yourself onto the rocks of some sort of ideology or philosophy or way of operating that you didn't even know existed before because you were just chilling on the boat. And it's that mental side that I'm so thankful that I get doses of every single week. Because guys, you're gonna have moments in your life where training's really easy and the, the kids are out of the house and you know, your wife's not you breathing down your neck and you can go train a bunch. I know a buddy of mine, his both of his kids are in college, and so he literally trains jujitsu every single night. And and it shows that the dude's absolutely awesome and he's just a, a physical freak. But then there are times whenever, you know, your baby's sick. You know, things are things are rough at home. Things are rough with with the the I don't know, the business or, or the job or or with, with the kids and, and you gotta spend some time homebound but jujitsu is always going to be there. I sent some uh, messages to some of my coaches, some of my closest coaches, just basically telling them like, Hey guys, just a reminder. Like I, I haven't forgotten about jujitsu. Cause, cause I obviously knew I had been gone for a while with the surgeries and with, you know, COVID and with different things. And it's just like, it's kind of, you get used to people not being there, but there are people that just fade away and they fade away for nefarious reasons. Uh, they had a bad practice. They had a bad tournament and they just decide they're not going to do this anymore. But I just let them guys know. I'm like, dude, I'm, I'm as dedicated as ever to jujitsu. It's just the physicality of me physically being able to be present in the room. I'm in a weird season. And all of them basically gave me the same response, which was, Hey man, all good. Jujitsu will be here. When you get back, everybody has their ebbs and flows with life. And and we're ready for you when you ramp things back up, which is the exact right response. But again, jujitsu takes care of the ego and it takes care of the mental side. And the mental side is always that ability to get up and get back in there. And, and here's one actual tip to people that are training jujitsu, and then I'll make my plea for those that aren't training, and then we'll get out of here. For those of you that are training jujitsu and you're, you're like me, right? You're, you're not that good. You know, you're early in your jujitsu career. You know, you just don't know a lot of things. When a guy comes in there that's physically yeah, about the same as you, but has been training for a little bit longer and you're going to get worked, here's my message to you. Always get up before they do. So I look back on my Thursday night and in terms of the roles that I was having with these guys, there wasn't a whole lot to write home about. There wasn't a whole lot of good that happened in these roles. But after every single submission, whether it was a triangle or a guillotine or or an anaconda or any of the myriad of boxes that these guys checked off on me on that night, I always got up before they did. And there's no victory in that. When it comes to jujitsu, you don't get points for getting up quicker than the other guy after you've been submitted. The, the match is over. But in those scenarios, that was something that I could control. And it was almost a nonverbal message to a teammate of mine that I respect and that I love and that we're, you know, we're iron sharpening iron in that moment and sat, Hey, I'm still here. And for some of you, you might think, well, that's kind of dumb. Like you're, what are you a glutton for punishment? Maybe perhaps that's right. But I did the same thing the night when I got my blue belt. I mean, the night you get your blue belt or the night you get promoted, that's not a night for you to shine. That's a night for you to get beaten down. And there's a lot of guys in the room to make sure of that, to ensure that that happens to you in, in the worst and the most embarrassing way possible. But you need to control the, control the controllables, right? You know, going back to my uh, podcast I did with Hardell Moore, you know, longtime wrestling coach and, and really good amateur wrestler, but control the controllables. I can control getting up before they did not sitting on the mat and oh, 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 taking some deep breaths and sulking and like, oh man, you know, I got tapped again and then get up and kind of drag yourself over, you know, slap bump and then, okay, let's do it again. No, I got tapped. I got up before you and I got my hand out waiting on you. Let's do it again. So for those of you guys that, you know, if you're still listening to this a half hour in and this, this doesn't even land with you you know, what's jujitsu? Why why should you do that? Isn't that just like karate? Or if you're one of those types of people, you know, I can't convince you otherwise at the moment as to the fundamental differences between those two particular martial arts. I would just ask you to, you know, look at MMA and see how many people are doing karate versus how many people are doing jujitsu. But beyond that, what are you waiting for? Why haven't you started training? Because guys, I know a lot of you on this podcast, a lot of you like your video games, you like your fancy football, you, know, you like sports betting, you like golfing, you like, you like all these things that I'll admit at different times and places in my life have been entertaining, right? But are those things making you better or are they just leisure activities? again, I know I talk about golf a lot, but it's like, it's just not something that I find terribly entertaining. You know, there's nothing really fun about it for me. I, I'm just wired a little bit different. If golf's your, your thing, Hey man, I'm not hating on it. Enjoy yourself. You know, make sure that you don't, you know, lose your marriage or lose your family. Cause you're spending, you know, three or four uh, times a, a week, you're going and playing 18 holes with your friends, but that's not making you better physically or mentally. It's just not. It's not allowing you the opportunity to cultivate resilience in those ways. And so I talk to guys a lot, you know, I'll get people that reach out to me either in person or on Instagram or through email They're like, man, I'm really trying to cultivate physical resilience. What should I do? And then I tell them and then they don't do it. And the thing is, is they're not responsible to, to me or they're not, you know, beholden to me to do the things that I say. But when you come to somebody and you ask them for advice and then you don't take it, what does that say about you? The number of guys, I've talked about this a lot, the number of guys that I've invited to come do jujitsu, especially just Sunday night, which is about as good a place of entry as as any, right? You know, we're a glorified book club and, you know, we train a little bit and then we do a little bit of jujitsu or striking and then everybody goes home in one piece. It's, it's not super serious. No one's in there thinking that they're, you know, going to be competing for, you know, at, you know, Abu Dhabi at ADCC. They're, they're, they're just not thinking that way. It's just, Hey, everybody wants to have a good time and move around a little bit. And I invite guys and they just, they never even think to show up. And it's all the excuses that you normally get from someone like that. But at the end of the day, they think it's going to be too hard. And just that thought alone keeps them from walking in the door for the first time. So, a quick story about a guy in my Sunday school. He came in, uh, is I'll leave his name out, but he came in uh, and visited last week. And we started talking about, you know, jujitsu. We started talking about our Sunday night group, our foxhole group. And this guy said, All right, I'm going to be there. And this guy's very out of shape. And, you know, this is a guy that admittedly is like, Hey, I haven't worked out or I haven't done anything in a year. And, and it showed. And this is a guy that, you know, really is, was going to struggle that first night. But before he even got in there, I said, Hey, man, the first night isn't that hard it's way harder showing up the next week. That, that's when it's hard. But if you can show up that third week in a row, you're in. You're in. Because that first night, it's terrible. You were going to be so sore that week, you, you can't even fathom how bad it's going to be for you, right? But then you show up for week two. And, and that's going to be bad again. But if you hit that third week in a row, you're in. So for those of you guys that are on the precipice, you, you know, you've heard Jocko talk about it and you've heard Joe Rogan talk about it and you've heard, you know, it talked about on, on you know, you're watching the UFC or Bellator or one championship, or you've heard me talk about it and you're like, man, I really want to try this. And I just don't really know. And what's it going to be like, make the move and do it. Almost every single person listening to this has a jujitsu academy within 30 minutes of their house, within 30 minutes of where you're listening to this right now. And it may not be a world-class facility, right? We don't all live in San Diego or Rio de Janeiro. You know, that's just not realistic. But I got an amazing school here in central Oklahoma that we got a bunch of dudes that have long jujitsu pedigrees and judo pedigrees and wrestling pedigrees. And we've got a nice little gathering of some real killers at my school. And it's awesome. Go and try it, guys. I'm telling you, it's one of those things you may not, it may not run your life. You may not become obsessed with it, but it will 100% make you better. And I got to go ahead and wrap up this podcast. Why? Because I got to go train jujitsu. All right, guys, before we let you go, we are going to do a quick resilience boost. As you know by now, we are a men's ministry and our mission is cultivating manly resilience. Specifically, we do that by providing you content that helps you forge spiritual, mental, and physical toughness. So for today, I got three doses of Jocko for you. So we got some Jocko Willink videos, but these are all videos where he's talking about jujitsu. Okay. So the first one is him giving kind of generic jujitsu advice to people that are like, hey, how do you train through injuries? And how do you deal with the ego? And when should you go hard, especially in training with with your teammates? The next video is just basically how to get better at jujitsu. So this is for people that have maybe done this for a while, but the last one is good for you people that are right on the precipice, right? You're, you're just thinking about doing this, or maybe you're a week or two or a month or two into your jujitsu journey. This is a video called overcoming frustrations when starting Jiu-Jitsu. So Jocko Willink has been a black belt for, you know, I don't know, 10, 20 years at this point. Like the, the guy knows about what it's like. He's a little bit extended away and removed from the beginning days of jujitsu, but he, he's at a gym where there's guys that are just starting all the time. So I think those will be great assets for you guys to watch. All right, guys, thanks so much for listening to this episode. We really do appreciate it. If you would, please subscribe on Apple Podcasts, iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcasts, or Stitcher, and refer your friends to listen, and make sure you share this on social media. Guys, if we deserve a five-star review, please leave us five stars and let us know why you like the content. All right, I'm currently booking speaking engagements for the remainder of 2020 and the beginning of 2021. So if you want me to come speak to your team, at your business, at your men's event, hit me up, info at Life. The email is info at Life. The website is www.undaunted.life. You can follow us on Instagram and Twitter at Undaunted Life or facebook.com backslash Undaunted Life. Check out our free devotionals on the Uversion Bible app. Just search Undaunted Life under plans. And as always, we want to thank the band August Burns Red for allowing us to use their entire Music library for our content. The intro outro track on this podcast is our song Defender, which is off their latest record entitled Guardians. The links are in the description. I'm your host, Kyle Thompson. Remember, keep cultivating manly resilience, keep forging spiritual, mental, and physical toughness, keep seeking the Lion of Judah. I